G'day and welcome to Is It Relevant Today? Right here on Faith FM. I'm Marius Jigal and on this show we're examining biblical concepts and ideas and asking ourselves the important question, Is It Relevant Today? Or is it as outdated and ridiculous as landlines? Before we get into the topic today, I just wanted to let you know of our YouTube channel called Is It Relevant Today? where we have video presentations of a number of topics including The Day That Time Forgot and Why Does Evil Exist? Be sure to check it out. One day a few weeks ago, I had to participate in two funerals and I have to say it was a day filled with grief and tears. However, at both of the funerals, there was talk of something more that exists after life. So today, we'll be looking at the question, what happens when we die? Socrates was a famous philosopher who lived predominantly in the 5th century BC. He gave us a number of interesting quotes, including, He is richest who is content with the least, for content is the wealth of nature. This is one of my favorite quotes from him, which suggests that you are only truly wealthy when you're happy with what you have. Another one of his famous quotes says, By all means, marry. If you get a good wife, you'll become happy. If you get a bad one, you'll become a philosopher. Socrates was tried in Athens for refusing to acknowledge the state gods and corrupting the young. The way the trial was held in Athens at the time was if you were found guilty, which he was, the defense would suggest a punishment and the prosecution would suggest a punishment. The jury would then choose between the two. They had no other options except to choose either what the defense suggested or what the prosecution suggested. The prosecution thought that he deserved death, but he suggested that they give him free dinners for the rest of his life. When told this is not a punishment and that he needed to choose a punishment, he said, ah, just give me a small fine. Many historians believe that Socrates could have saved his life if he had chosen a serious punishment, such as exile. But as the only two choices were death or a small fine, the jury chose death. Socrates was then given a drink of hemlock, which is a poisonous plant from the carrot family, which he drank and died. One of his pupils, Plato, wrote about his death in a book titled Phaedo, which means on the soul. And this book has influenced the vast majority of the world's understanding on death. Plato writes about a concept that today we term anthropological dualism. Anthropological comes from the word anthropos, which means man, and dualism comes from the word duo, which means two. What Plato believed is that man consists of two parts, the physical and the spiritual. He believed that the spiritual component is immortal and that the physical is almost holding the spiritual down. He believed that at the time of death, the spiritual component is liberated and as it's immortal, it goes to the spirit world. This is an interesting concept, but what does the Bible say about the nature of man? We'll find this out just after these songs. God, my Father, there is no shadow of turning with Thee. Thou changest not Thy compassions, they fail not. As Thou hast been, Thou forever will be. faithfulness morning by morning new mercies I see and all I have needed thy hands have provided great is thy faithfulness Lord unto me sin 
Is it relevant today? Where we're asking ourselves, what happens when we die? All of the Bible, with the exception of Daniel chapter 4, was written by Hebrews. And the Hebrew belief is different from the dualistic view of Plato. They believed in monism, meaning that they believed that the soul and body together unite to make one, which is life. Let's have a look at Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, where we observe God creating human life. It reads, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Here we discover the mathematical equation for life. We have dust or matter plus the breath of God, and this equals life. That equation again is dust plus Breath equals life. Notice that it says that after God 
breathed into his nostrils, man became a living soul. He was not an eternally living soul before and God reached out his hand and grabbed it saying, Gotcha! You're going in here. No, he became a living soul when the dust and breath of God came together. A good analogy is that of electric light, where we have electricity in conjunction with a light bulb, and this gives you light. So, electricity plus light bulb equals light. However, this equation can go in the opposite direction too. You can have light bulb minus electricity, which equals no light. We experience this every time we switch the light off. Now, when we do that, where does the light go? Does it go to a spirit light world awaiting to be reincarnated into light again? No, it just ceases to be. In a similar way, we can have the equation of life in reverse. And it looks something like this. Life minus the breath of God equals dust. The wisest man who ever lived, Solomon, wrote about this in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 7. It reads, So our bodies return to the earth, and the life-giving breath returns to God. The Bible teaches that in the absence of the breath of God combined with the dust, or matter, there is no life. Life just ceases to be. And there are numerous Bible verses that confirm this. One is found in Psalms chapter 6, verse 5. It reads, For in death there is no remembrance of you. In the grave, who will give you thanks? Another one can be found in Psalms 115, verse 17, which reads, The dead do not praise the Lord, nor any who go down into silence. These verses, as well as many others, speak of conscious activity ceasing at the point of death. They don't convey the idea that the spirit continues to live on in another place. If it did, David wouldn't say that the dead don't give thanks, as that would be the first thing one would do when they met God. If you'd like to see a video presentation of this program, look up our YouTube channel called Is It Relevant Today? and click on What Happens When We Die. But hang on a minute, you may say, isn't the soul immortal? I'm sure the Bible tells us that the soul is immortal somewhere. We'll have a look at this just after these songs.
in the light of His glory and Savior say that strength indeed is small Child of weakness watch and pray And find in me not all in all Jesus paid it all And all to Him I Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today, right here on Faith FM. I'm Marius Jigau, and today we're looking at what happens when you die. We've so far discovered that the Bible describes life as the union of dust and the breath of God, and that when these two are separated, life ceases to be. And we're now asking the question, doesn't the Bible tell us that the soul is immortal? This question can be easily answered by looking at 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 15 and 16. It reads, Which he will manifest in his own time, he who is the blessed and only Pontiot, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Now we'll just pause there for a second. Who is this speaking about? This is speaking about God, as he is the King of kings and Lord of lords. Notice the next four words. They read, who alone has immortality. Whoa, 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 wait a second. Who is the only one who has immortality? According to the Bible, God alone has immortality. So, what about my soul? I thought that it was immortal. Well, let's see what Ezekiel has to say. In Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 20, it reads, The soul who sins shall die. Well, if a soul can die, then it is clearly not immortal. 
The Bible clearly teaches that God alone is immortal and our soul can die. The place that much of the world today has adopted the idea of an immortal soul from is the writings of Plato, not the Bible, as the Bible clearly teaches that God alone is immortal and that our soul can die. So, what does the Bible say that happens when we die? I love the way the Bible refers to death. It refers it in the most benign fashion. It speaks of death as a sleep. Check out what Jesus said concerning Lazarus, who had just died. In John chapter 11, verse 11 to 14, it reads, After he had said this, he went to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. At a quick search, I found 36 places in the Bible that speaks of death as a sleep. When we die, we remain unconscious, unaware of our surroundings until the resurrection when Jesus returns. And some will say to me, Marius, what about the thief on the cross? Didn't Jesus tell him that he will be with him in heaven that very day? Well, we'll have a look at this just after these songs. From the highest of heights to the depths of the sea
could it be? This baby in my arms, sleeping now, so peacefully. The Son of God, the angels said, How could it be? Lord, I know he's not my own, not of my flesh, not of my bones. Still, Father, let this baby be the son of my love. Is it relevant today? Where we've discovered that the Bible teaches that when we die, our consciousness ceases until the resurrection. And we're now asking the question, didn't Jesus promise the thief on the cross that he would be with him that very day in paradise? To understand this, we need to have a little look at grammar. Grammar is very important. I saw this pet magazine featuring a story where some grammar was left out. It read, Rachel Ray finds inspiration in cooking her family and her dog. Now, Rachel Ray doesn't really sound like a very nice person to me. Unless you add some commas in. In which case it would read, Rachel Ray finds inspiration in cooking, her family and her dog. In Luke chapter 23, verse 43, it reads, Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. The Bible was written without grammar. Grammar such as commas were added afterwards. This sentence can be read in one of two ways. It can read, Truly I tell you, comma, today you will be with me in paradise. Or it can read, Truly I tell you today, comma, you will be with me in paradise. One way conveys the idea that I'm telling you this today, that you will be with me in paradise. 
the other way conveys the idea that I'm telling you, you will be with me in paradise today. So, how can we know which one is right? You may say, yeah, I see that this can be interpreted one way or the other way, but how do we know that the way that you are choosing to interpret it is the correct way? It doesn't tell us which way is right. It simply allows for both options to be possible. To understand the right way to read this verse, we need to look at other verses that give it context. One such verse can be found in John chapter 20, verse 16 and 17. It reads, Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go on to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and to your father and to my God and your God. Here, Jesus is telling Mary that he has not yet ascended to the father. And this is on the Sunday, the third day after he had died. Now this poses a problem to those who choose to interpret the verse as saying that you will be with me in paradise today, as Jesus didn't go to heaven until that Sunday. If he was saying, you'll be with me in paradise today, he's either lying to the thief on the cross as he wasn't going to be in heaven that day, or he's lying to Mary as he had already been in heaven when he told her, that I have not yet ascended to my Father. The logical way to interpret this verse, as we know that Jesus never lied, is, I am telling you this today. You will be with me in paradise. If you'd like to see a video presentations clearly outlining this point, as well as others in the show today, look up, is it relevant today, what happens when we die? Or, what happens when we die, and Marius Jigau on YouTube. So, wait a minute, Marius. Isn't Grandma watching down on me from heaven? I've been told she's watching down on me from heaven. We'll find out just after these songs. cold he could not find his way he wandered around lost and alone weakening more every day but then a still small voice started calling his name and the little lost lamb heard the cry so he followed the Master right back to the fold And he was sheltered in his arms all the while My sheep hear my voice and I know them And they follow me and I give unto them Set out to search on his own To find happiness outside of the fold Thought he'd do as he pleased And never worry again Be his own master and guide of his life As he was feeding upon the meadow of life he met a wolf in sheep's clothing one day The wolf said, come with me now Be happy always Just give me control of your life But the poor little lamb Feeling afraid and ashamed Started running, crying I'm sorry, Lord But try as he might he could not find the fold He was alone crying I'm sorry Lord But then 
that still small voice started calling his name, and the little lost lamb heard the cry. So he followed the master right back to the fold, and he was sheltered in his arms all the while. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life. Do you hear him calling your name? He calls from the fold's open door. Just follow the master right back to the fold. In his arms all the Far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross. Exchange it someday for a crown. Oh, the old rugged cross, so despised by the world, has a wondrous attraction for me. For the dear Lamb of God left His glory above to bear it to dark Calvary. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross. Till my trophies at last I lay down, I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. And exchange it someday for a crown. To the old rugged cross, I will ever be true. Its shame and reproach gladly bear. Then He'll call me some day to my home far away, where His glory forever I'll share. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I'll cling to the old rugged cross. Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today? Right here on Faith FM. You're listening to Marius Jigel, and today we've been looking at what happens when we die. 
We have so far discovered that life results from the union of dust or matter and the breath of God. And when these two are separated, one dies. We've also discovered that our soul is not immortal, as Plato suggested, and that when you die, the Bible suggests that your soul sleeps, awaiting the resurrection. And now we're asking, isn't Grandma watching down on me from heaven? Well, the answer to that question is an extremely comforting no. According to the Bible, your grandma is not spying down from heaven like some kind of unsettling version of Big Brother. The Bible tells us in numerous places that once we die, we await the resurrection and that it is at that time that we are brought back to life to meet Jesus and our loved ones. Let's have a look at a few verses outlining this. A number of them are found in John chapter 6. Verse 39 reads, This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. Here John is telling us that the resurrection happens at the last day. In verse 40 it reads, And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. In John 6.44 it reads, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. In 54, it's speaking about communion. It says, Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. So according to the Bible, time and time and time again, it tells us that the resurrection occurs at the last day. This was the common understanding in Jesus' day. Listen to what Martha said before Jesus raises Lazarus in John chapter 11, verse 24. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So according to the Bible, time and time again, we are told that our soul is not immortal. Only God is immortal. We are told that when we die, our soul sleeps and awaits the final day when Jesus returns to raise the dead and take those who have put their faith in him to heaven. Now, we'll look at one of my favorite verses which brings all of these concepts together. It is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to 17. It reads, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. Now we'll just pause here for a second. What kind of sleep is Paul talking about here? Well, it's obviously the sleep of death. As you wouldn't sorrow if someone simply goes to sleep. I don't walk in our bedroom and find my beautiful wife asleep and start saying, Oh no! No, that would be ridiculous. Paul continues, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. What he's saying here is that there will be some who will be alive when Jesus returns, but they are not going to get to go to heaven first. He continues in verse 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. I love this verse, as it clearly tells us that when Jesus returns, those who have died and are sleeping the sleep of death in Jesus will be raised to always be with their God. We thank you for listening today and don't forget to visit our Facebook page Is It Relevant Today and give us a big thumbs up or you may like to visit our YouTube channel also called Is It Relevant Today where we have video presentations of topics including the one we've just been talking about What Happens When We Die. We look forward to seeing you next week. 
I'm Marius Jigau. God bless and I hope you have a magnificent day. Worship 
our God. We are the people of His pasture. He is our God. He is our God. We are the sheep of His hand. And bow down and kneel before the Lord, our Maker. You've been listening to Is It Relevant Today? If you have any questions or comments, please leave them on our Facebook page, Is It Relevant Today? But for now, thanks for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next week. To tell the story Twill be my theme in glory To tell the old, old story Of Jesus and His love